Entrepreneurs, small business owners, and side hustlers everywhere. Welcome to today's podcast, today's episode. Of course, you guys know our goal, our focus is to help you join the Seven Figures Club, that elite club of 7% of business owners who run seven-figure businesses annually. And today's guest, Dr. Eric Brecker, is going to provide amazing value, guidance, and substance to help you along that journey. Today, Eric spent the first half of his life doing what he thought he had to, putting his nose down and enduring to the grind, but it was never quite enough through experience with triathlon mountain climbing, owning his own dental practice with a team of 20. Man, that's a big dental practice. He is a pilot and an extensive traveler. Well, here's what he learned. He learned that he was search what he was searching for actually was not at the top of the mountain. And so in the second half of his life, he has been committed to helping people learn to live present in their own lives and find a life of fulfillment, not just accomplishment. Through his coaching, speaking, and writing, he is working to help as many people as possible to learn the win the now movement. It's a, it's a hashtag, it's a thing. Eric, his wife, Amy, and their two kids proudly live in a small town in Iowa, which is going to be very important in political circles coming up in the next year. Dr. Ecker, welcome to the show. There are over 32 million businesses in the U.S., and over 90% of them will never break seven figures in annual sales. So how do we as entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs break into that seven figures club? This podcast will relentlessly share the secrets, strategies, and tactics I've used to create three multi-seven figures businesses and bring in even more successful entrepreneurs than me to share their inspirational stories and tactics to success. You can create your dream business in life right now. So buckle up and let's go. Thanks a lot for having me. I'm excited to be here. All right. Well, we're excited to connect with you. I've been going through your bio and your experience. And I think you come across a lot of different challenges and adversity that a lot of us who are high performers do. And I think it's going to be very helpful for the audience of high performers to learn from your experiences. But tell us a little bit about kind of what led you to entrepreneurship. I know oftentimes they don't teach you how to actually run a business in medical school as you became a dentist there. But tell us about some of the key events and what led you to build, you know, a very large dental practice, and then we'll kind of get into the the next steps of how you help uh, business owners and entrepreneurs. Yeah, absolutely. So I have a history of being bullied when I was growing up. So uh, I was told that I wasn't good enough. And in third grade, third and fourth grade, I wasn't allowed to play kickball on the recess uh, field. So it's one thing to get picked last. It's another thing to not get picked at all and to say that have somebody tell you that you're not good enough repeatedly. So That's when you're crazy. T- yeah. Yeah. It was it was pretty awful. And I kept it all to myself. I really didn't ever share it with anybody. So the tough part was I think when you get bullied, you can choose to believe what the bullies say. Yeah. Uh, and just stick with that. You can kind of plateau in your advancement or you can become relentless and say, I'm going to be so freaking good at everything that nobody's ever not going to pick me. Right. So that is the course that I took. And actually nothing's was really ever good enough for me while I was growing up. And that carried through to uh, high school, through undergrad, into dental school. I I couldn't just be good enough. I had to be the best. And so 
I actually went to school wanting to be a physical therapist and changed my mind through a series of events. And you are absolutely correct in saying that they don't teach you much about running a business in dental school. I think we had two uh, two lunch and learns. So we had about two uh -oh. hours total there. <laughs> and then uh, we were supposed to have a whole day uh, symposium. That just happened to be September 11 of 2001. So we got about an hour into that. And then the planes hit the World Trade Center. Oh, my God. And so that's the extent of business acumen that I got. Wow. So you get out of medical school. You're a dentist. Now, there's kind of two paths generally, it seems, that you can take. You can try to start your own practice or you can go work for another practice. What did you kind of opt to do right out of the gates there? Yeah, so I was super fortunate that my dad uh, was a dentist. Okay. And so he took a huge risk for me when I decided I wanted to be a dentist. And he bought another practice the year that I graduated and merged our two practices. So uh -huh. I am hugely fortunate that I had a full patient base from day one. That's great. But as a new green dentist right out of school, I was six weeks booked out. So I didn't have a nice, oh easy on-ramp. You, you had to hit the ground running. Oh, man. I, I look crazy. back and... It was about two years ago that I finally realized that's been 20 years ago, but yeah. two years ago, I realized I haven't stopped running. Oh my goodness. I mean, you are, you're learning on the job. What did you learn those first six weeks or what, how did you get through all those challenges? Most of, what did you do when you're like, I'm not really sure. I mean, the, at least you kind of had a mentor there, um, which was key. How important, you know, were, what, how did you get through those first six weeks? Yeah, you don't know what you don't know, so you just do it, right? So you yeah. just put your nose to the grindstone and you just work you just work through it. And it was tough because we didn't have enough chairs in our dental practice for the volume uh with which it was growing. And so it would be squeeze squeeze somebody else's appointment a little tighter, get somebody else yeah. in. Uh and finally after about 5 years worth of that, I told my dad that I'm uh, I had enough of funding his retirement uh, and it's time for me to buy him out. So we ended up building a bigger facility that was more suited to our needs. Uh, since then, we have ha we have uh, added two associates and uh, a big group of employees. So uh, we now have a facility that works for us uh, and and it's great at this point, but it was it was leaning on the right people really is how I learned. So not only my dad, but I've had a mentor uh, probably since about three years into school that I've uh, sorry, three years into practice that I still meet with. I have a great friend who's another business owner. We have lunch on Tuesdays and we've been doing that for 15 years. So I realized that I was not going to have all the answers myself. So the key was to surround myself with people who could help me process things. And that's continues to be a key for me. Amen. Well said. There's no question about it. Finding a mentor or somebody who's further down the path, who's already seen it and done that is so key to your success uh, as an entrepreneur and as, as a business owner. And a lot of people find that out too late. What would you say to somebody who is trying to find that person and struggling to do it? 
Are there alternative ways to do it without actually knowing somebody in 2023, in your opinion? Absolutely. And that's part of the reason. So I've transitioned a little bit in my professional career. So I uh, have a partner in my dental practice now. So I now own 50% of my practice and he owns the other 50%. What that's been amazing for me is I see patients Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Yeah. And then I speak and coach and write on Thursday and Friday. And if I'm not careful, Saturday and Sunday, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of people on here, I'm sure with side hustles and they can easily take up every second that we give them. So I would say for people who are looking for, uh, how do I find a mentor? How do I find somebody to help? That's what I love to do. There's a lot of coaches out there there's a lot of people who are willing to walk alongside you and help you shorten the distance from where you're at to where you want to go. And that's really what I want to do. It's taken me a long time to get where I'm at, a lot of failures, a lot of adversity. And if I can help people and walk alongside them to help them become the best version of themselves sooner, then that is hugely successful uh, to me, hugely, uh, inspiring to me. And that's where I get great fulfillment. And let's talk a little bit about failure and adversity and how you overcome those things. You know, COVID hit, uh, three years ago, you guys had to shut down your offices. A lot of business owners and entrepreneurs went through extreme adversity when that happened. What were, what was the process for you to kind of, you know, navigate through that and then, you know, come out more clear than ever on your mission and on building a business that really makes a positive impact on others? Yeah. Well, let me just say it sucked. Oh yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people can relate to that. I didn't know what to do with my discretionary time. So all of a sudden I went yeah. from full time to having eight weeks of what do you do with this time? We were supposed to, my family is supposed to go to Spain over spring break. We lost oh, that. Uh, yeah. And we got, for those of us like myself who were not used to life on Zoom and team meetings and all that yeah. stuff, all the information that was coming to us was coming to us through Zoom meetings. So I called it death by Zoom. Yeah. And I I spent more time staring at a computer than I ever had. But I also took some time during that time. I made a commitment that I would spend 30 minutes of quiet every day because during the time that my office was shut down, because I wanted to make sure that if there was something for me in that time, I wanted to realize what it was. And that is where, when the now was born, that is where my desire wow. to do some more writing, to do coaching and speaking, all that was born out of those times of quiet, because we get so busy and so many things are going on that we don't take time for quiet. And I wish I could say I've carried that on the entire time, that that 30 minutes since then. I have not. Uh, but I do know the importance of of quiet and and being able to take some time to let your brain just idle and process. You know, and a lot of very successful entrepreneurs and self-development professionals from Tony Robbins to many others talk about the need to have a quiet moment a little bit of meditation, maybe that's uh, while you're working out, maybe it's while you're driving the car, but just finding that time to kind of free up your mind and really focus on, on the day and, and what you want to accomplish. 
Tell us a little bit about this concept of win the now. It's one of your, your strong focuses that help people to really get clear on what they're looking to do as, as a business yeah. owner, as a, as a father, mother, et cetera. But to break that down, unpack that for us. And if there's any case studies or examples about how it works, I know the audience would love to find out more about it. Yeah. So I would say... I went through a couple times a pretty serious burnout in my career and one of the one of the things that that came from that is that I realized I wasn't living present in my own life. So I was a victim of not a I, I was a willing victim of distraction, let's call it that. Yeah. So we've never had more opportunities uh, in history to be distracted right at our fingertips. Sure. Yeah. So we get that 2 minute time at the traffic light, two minute time at the grocery store, two minute time. And we're so quick to pull our phones out and get lost in something. So we don't have to sit with our thoughts. So we don't have to process. I actually had a time when I was building my new dental practice, I was serving on two boards at that time. I was training for an Ironman triathlon. I was uh, trying to coach soccer for my kids. uh, And my kids were, uh, Eight, five and eight at the time. So there was no margin. There was no, not enough time for sleep. And I just, but I had to keep going because I had all these things going. So what when the now is all about is the antidote to that distraction. It's looking at the present moment that we have right in front of us, because that's all that we really have is the moment in front of us. And the temptation is to be stuck in the past with all the stuff that's happened to us or worried about the future. But if we do that, we miss out on right now. So for me, this moment, this now is this podcast and us connecting and trying to deliver value to your listeners. And then later tonight, I have a funeral visitation to go to for a father of one of my high school classmates. And that now will look like being fully there without my phone in my hand, and be able to provide a good memory that I have of my classmate's dad to help ensure that his memory moves on. And then we come back home for dinner and being yeah. present around the table and just listening to what my family has to say and really just being in that, asking good questions and just being fully there. You know, and a lot of a lot of entrepreneurs get to the point where, you know, and and something that you've talked about and some of the stories you tell is help, I'm torched, right? You feel this burnout, you feel this overwhelm, this lack of you're kind of just going through the motions and you're so busy you can't even think. What are some of the steps specifically that uh, let's say, you know, you're a business owner, you're a parent, you're trying to take care of your own health too. I mean, you're an athlete, you're doing triathlons. What are some of the keys to, you know, overcome burnout or to reset yourself or, you know, what, what are the ways that, that someone can move forward to get past burnout and, and get to peace, you know, today? Yeah. So I think if we really, really, really simplify burnout, when we're burned out, we're empty. And I think if we really want to dumb it down, that's what it is. We don't have anything left in the tank. And sometimes we don't have anything left in the tank because of self-sabotage. I had way too many commitments in that season of burnout and I knew it. The thing is, 
I think one great way to overcome burnout is to focus on self-care. And sometimes we think that self-care needs to look like this big retreat where you go like three days of complete silence and meditation and all of that kind of stuff. That's not really practical. So I talk about scaling our self-care. So maybe your idea of recharging is a week on a beach or a week in the mountains. That sounds great, but that's not always at your fingertips. So what's the next step look like? Okay, maybe we have a weekend. Okay, do we have a weekend to do one of those things? Maybe not. Do we have an afternoon? No. Well, maybe we have an hour. And maybe if we can't get to a beach, we can just be quiet and envision what that's going to look like when when we're able to get there. So if we don't have a week, then what is the amount of time we have? And how can we scale that self-care and recovery into that time we have to make it as beneficial as we can? Dr. Riker, how important is it to find that time on a daily basis for our mental health, physical health, and to avoid burnout? I think it's absolutely critical. If what I think, and the easiest way to find it is to look at how much time we're spending on our phones. I'm not an anti-phone guy, but we need to be very aware of what they're doing to us. I think our success in life is going to be directly proportional to how much time we are present and in quiet and what our relationships look like. So some days it's only going to be two minutes, but I would challenge anyone who says they don't have any time to tell me you don't have two minutes to work on quiet breathing with no distraction. If you have five minutes, fantastic. I've actually changed my rhythm. And and yes, I live in a small town in Iowa, so this works, but I have a two-mile walk to work. So every day that I can, I walk to work and then walk home. So I have that time to, to pray, to listen to music, to be quiet, to just observe. A lot of people don't have that option, but you can walk around the block. You can stand outside in the sun with uh, with sun on your forehead for a couple minutes. The supplement industry has yet to figure out a supplement that's better than 30 minutes of movement in the sun. No so question. all those things, any way that you can work in a little bit of brain idle time, your life will be better for it. I like it. So guys, uh, in terms of takeaways there... You've got to have a quiet moment each day, whether it's a walk. Boy, if you can do it outside, that's huge. I, I'll, I'll, you know, bear testament to that myself. I try to a couple times throughout the workday go walk outside uh, around the buildings just to myself, no headphones in my ear, just really being present and thinking about what what do I need to do, what really matters. What's my mission as an entrepreneur? What's my mission as a father, as a husband? And those are things that are going to absolutely pay massive dividends. I I wonder if you could, you know, you're a doctor, you're a medical professional, you're also uh, an entrepreneurial, you know, influencer coach. How important is it that you're getting some kind of physical activity or exercise on a daily basis as an entrepreneur, as a way to help your mental health, your physical health? Like what kind of dividends or or things are people missing out if they're not doing that? Yeah. So if we work with our hands, we should rest with our minds. 
And if we work with our minds, we should rest with movement, if that makes sense. So as entrepreneurs, we are working our mental muscles all the time. So we got to find ways to move our bodies and not be complacent. And that does not have to look like a marathon. It does not have to look like a triathlon. It can look like lots of different things, even meditation, yoga, walk around the block, uh, set a challenge for yourself, find an accountability partner, somebody else who's going to do it. But, but movement is, is critical because our, our minds only have so much capacity. If you look back not very far in time, we were not using our brains this percentage of the day. We were a little bit bound by the rhythms of the day and sunrise and sunset and all of that. And we're not bound by anything anymore other than the fact that we're eventually going to crash and burn if we take too much of the day for our phones and mental capacity. No question. Now, one of the things you also talk about with high performers, entrepreneurs is climbing these mountains, right? If you're an entrepreneur, if you're a high performer, entrepreneur, you know, leader, uh, in your family, in your religion, your community, whatever the case might be, like you talk about having big goals and big mountains that you're working towards. What are some of the, you know, unknown consequences or things that we don't always consider when we're chasing some of these big dreams, climbing these these big mountains, or even, you know, you get to the top of one and then sometimes you get lost after that. What are some of the uh, the key takeaways or or insights that you think that entrepreneurs should be aware of? when it comes to climbing some of these big mountains? Yeah. I think if you don't know why you're climbing the mountain, you're not going to find the answer at the top. So if you're just climbing the mountain to climb the mountain, there's always going to be a taller mountain. And the even if you get to the top of Mount Everest, you're going to have to figure out what your next thing is. So for me, one of the things that I have really realized over the last a uh, couple of years, I've had a lot of my dental patients ask me, why, why are you doing what you're doing? Isn't dentistry good enough? And I think in life, we have people who, who never get on the mountain. They don't have any oh, interest yeah. in getting on the mountain and they're fine with that. Whatever that is, they just want complacent. They just want to be able to live a good, comfortable life, right? We've heard that before. And then there's people who want to get to base camp. There's absolutely nothing wrong with base camp. It's a, especially on Everest, it's a trek to get there. It's a big deal to get there. But then there's those who stand at base camp and they look at the summit of the mountain and they think that's where I'm supposed to be. And it may not make sense to anybody else, but that's where they need to be. And if you stare at the mountain your whole life and stop at base camp, you're always going to wonder what if you did? But at the same time, knowing why. And then when you do get to the top of the mountain, please take a little time to celebrate. I don't think that's one thing we do very well as entrepreneurs at all. We get to, we get our goal accomplished. We get to the top of the mountain. We do exactly what we set out to do. And then we walk right back into our office and we start the next thing. We don't take a little bit of time to celebrate. So burnout also comes from relentlessly climbing mountains without really knowing why we're doing it and then not celebrating the accomplishment when we get there. Two amazing takeaways, everybody, value bombs that uh, Eric just dropped on you. Number one, if you're a side hustler or if you're someone who, who's kind of gotten to a point where 
you've got to take a next step. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be fraught with risk, whether that's to actually start a business full-time or to go look for a better opportunity, or maybe you even are looking at moving or whatever the case may be. Maybe you need to get more involved in in your in your kids, your children's life, like we have for this finite resource called time. And at some point, you've got to make that big decision, or all of a sudden, you're going to blink and you're going to be 65, 70 years old. And a lot of those opportunities won't be there. So I guess that's the first takeaway is make sure you aren't just on that base looking up at that mountain, but actually, you know, making a plan, getting somebody, a mentor, someone who can help you and going to try and scale that mountain. Because at the end of the day, the regrets we have are the things we didn't do, not the things we did do. And the second thought being, as you are, those who are on that journey and you're climbing the mountains, when you make some progress and get some success, it is super important to be able to take a moment and celebrate those those wins, especially some of the bigger ones. Celebrate it with your family, and then and then you know at that point you can decide what the next mountain is for sure. Because there's also some people that they get to the top of the mountain and then they become very depressed and they don't know what to do after that. Yeah, and so there's there's that too. But you know, Doctor Eric, uh, a lot of people have loved what they've listened to. I've learned a lot just in this conversation today. But this is not a passive podcast. This is a podcast for action takers. What is one step that the audience can do to go further in this mindset in the win the now moment, or even, you know, learn more about your strategies and tactics and some of the programs that you offer so that they can be moving towards that big mountain that they need to climb in their life? Yeah, absolutely. So my website is really easy, just www.ericrecker.com. On there, it talks about uh, my coaching packages that I have and how we can set up a conversation for that if somebody wants to try to shorten the distance from where they're at to where they want to be. I also have uh, information about the book that I wrote called The False Sense of Urgency and How to Win the Now. And that's kind of a how-to on living present in your own lives. Uh, on the website, it also has my blog. It has stuff about speaking. Uh, I also have Facebook and Instagram, just my name, Eric Recker. And then I also, on my website, any any part of it that you go to, I have a free five-day burnout challenge that you can take uh, to help work through some of that because uh, we've either all been through burnout or we're lying. So I think, uh, I, I think, through all those things, you can keep in touch with what I'm up to. Fantastic, guys. So that's Eric Recker, R-E-C-K-E-R.com. You can go ahead and connect up with him, learn about some of these strategies and tactics. His book is right on there, The False Sense of Urgency and How to Win the Now. Cool looking uh, cover. You'll definitely want to get a copy of that book. Again, for me, I love to collect these books, get them on my bookshelf, but then take the the one or two or three takeaways that I need to implement in my life. And that's what this uh, book is going to be able to help you do. Of course, uh, if you're looking for speakers, he's someone that you can bring in to one of your speaking events. And if you're looking for you know someone who can be a guide or a mentor to be able to work with someone with this type of knowledge, experience, and success it's the quickest way to success. You can go and try and figure everything out on your own, or you can work with somebody who's already got a roadmap for success and your your odds for success go up substantially. Well, Eric, we really appreciate your time and the value that you've shared with the audience today. Again, guys, go to ericrecker.com and take action. 
And Eric, the last word is yours in terms of summing up the actions people can take to live the life they want to now. Wow. Uh, I would say we have to be conscious of our time. Our yeah. time, as you said, Leo, is our most valuable resource. And we get to decide what we give it away to. And we have to make decisions that are worthy of our time. And are we willing to throw our time away? So just be conscious of how you're using your time and try to live in the present moment because that's where all the action is. Amen. Well, guys, take action. Uh, be conscious about your time. And Eric, thank you so much for being a guest. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a great time. Are you looking for more seven-figure secrets, content, or even how you can launch your own recession-proof business? Then check out sevenfigures.com. That's the digit seven, F-I-G-U-R-E-S.com, where we share more videos, stories, strategies, funding solutions, entrepreneurial education, and even the secret business type that's recession-proof. Thank you for listening, and if you're finding value in our podcast, please give us a five-star and invite others to join the club.